yeah. look, I haven't clicked on a link in my email in probably 10 years, but <laughs> just because I'm Uber, I'm very paranoid about that stuff. The thing is when you store the social security number right here and the name right next to it, well, then we got a problem. The, the fact that we actually have that now is such a benefit because it means that not even the money that you potentially pay to these ransomware groups is untraceable. Your hard drive, your system, whatever it is, we're holding it ransom. What do I do, Mike? Do I pay them? Should I just pay them? Should I just do it? So it's, it's really a conundrum, that decision of, you know, what is the most expedient way to recover access to whatever I need have to have access to? Welcome back to another episode of the Cyber Guys Podcast, the cybersecurity podcast for everybody. My name is Andrew Valencia, and as always, I'm joined by Mike Hill. And my... hang on, hang on a sec. Something, Something wrong? There's a weird notepad file on my desktop that I didn't see before. What is this? Oh my God, Mike! Oh no! Oh my goodness, that's... I just got hacked. I've been the victim of ransomware. They're telling me I have to pay them $4.2 million in Bitcoin just to get access to all the video files for this podcast. What do I do? Oh man, look at that. Ransomware attack. What do I do? Like, Do I pay them? Should I just pay them? Should I just do it? You know, that is the choice that we have to talk about today. When you're attacked with ransomware, what do you do? Is it better to pay or just let them do whatever they've done? I don't know. Let's talk about it. All right. So if you haven't guessed by my terrible acting today, we are talking about ransomware. What it is, what how it's becoming so prevalent. And, you know, at the end of the day, do do we just do we just pay? Do we just pay them? What should we do? But first, if you're not subscribed already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you are subscribed, thank you so much for coming back. Make sure at the end of the video that you hit the like button if you enjoyed it. Share it with your friends if you got any value out of the video. And be sure to check us out on all major podcasting platforms because we are there as well if you like to listen instead of watch. Now that that's out of the way, Mike, let's talk about ransomware today. Today, there is a headline. It's huge. It's huge. Every day, every day, there's a headline. Ransomware is the big vector. I mean, you can't get around it. it it's, it is crazy. So I think for the folks at home, for, for, for the, the, the non-technical folks out there, I think it would behoove us to probably describe a little bit about exactly what ransomware is. Good idea. So let's talk. Good place to start. What exactly is ransomware? You know, the thing about ransomware is it combines real in-person crime with technology. Uh, it's one mm -hmm. thing for someone to snoop or to uh, do a key log on you and, and steal your information and they go off and use it. It's something else entirely when they attack your system, maybe encrypt your hard drive, lock you out of something that is yours 
And then they contact you and say, ha ha, we have the control <laughs> to your system. We have the keys. We have uh, the control. And the only way to get your control back is to pay us. We're holding your IT resources, your mm -hmm. assets, your hard drive, your system, whatever it is, we're holding it ransom. Yep. Give us this the money to get free. Give it to, yeah, give us the money now, or even give us the money in a certain time period, or we will delete all the data, right? And yeah. the, in, the actual ransomware <laughs> can take form a couple different ways, right? Like like you yeah. said, we you can encrypt data, but you can also lock assets, like lock computers completely down themselves, yeah. right? You can have a splash screen that comes up that locks the computer completely that doesn't get removed until you pay the ransom. Right. Like eternal blue. You know, the other exactly. thing, though, that that also falls into the same category of ransomware is when they've stolen your information. In other words, they've done uh, a typical exfiltration of sensitive information. But then they tell you, hey, we got access to your system. We downloaded all your private information. Pay us or we'll release it to the public. That's also a type of ransomware. At least it falls into the umbrella of, of uh, ransomware. Instead of uh, paying ransom to recover your access, you're paying ransom to prevent the disclosure of something that's already been compromised through a more traditional hacking attack, an exfiltration attack. Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of the thing about ransomware is that it is not just... Uh, an attack that affects businesses and corporations, but it's also an attack that affects, you know, users and consumers uh, alike, um, all varying different degrees, of course. But a lot of times what we've seen, especially in the past, is that uh, these kind of ransomware groups, they they like to do attacks that have like kind of a wide net. They cast a wide net right. through uh a, you know whatever campaign they want to they they want to um enact they can do a phishing campaign they can do rdp type things but more but the important thing to remember though is that anybody can be the victim of a ransomware attack you don't have to be a multi-billion dollar fortune 500 company no in fact more often we see smaller entities sometimes small municipality municipal governments um organizations that have it resources uh but mm -hmm. they don't have big budgets they don't have uh the ability to really enact the most sophisticated uh security controls and countermeasures so they're kind of an easy uh easy target and 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 the thing is you know with an organization like that the temptation to just pay them off, you know, is is kind of high because uh, the likelihood of them being able to recover normal operations in a reasonable amount of time without paying the ransom can be tough. So it's, it's really a conundrum, that decision of, you know, what is the most expedient way to recover access to whatever I need have to have access to? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's like the elephant in the room almost, right? Like... Uh we have these bad actors that really have us, you know, they've taken us, you know, to task here. We have an operation, whether you know, we're a hospital, we have patient information that we have to get access to, right? Someone's about to go for surgery and we don't know what blood type they are because we can't access their information. That's a problem. And it's much easier just to pay them, right? It's yeah, easier just to it, pay it them is. so that we can get access. But the problem is, is that, 
these attackers don't always act in good faith. Obviously, they're right. criminals. <laughs> these are people they're who criminals. are criminals. So, so just, just because you pay them doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mean you're going to get, paid, mean mean get yeah. access. And that's yeah. a, that's another uh, aspect and, and, that and that's, that's a, really well, that's a risk though. You got to think about that. You know, sometimes they have the ability to destroy, but not to recover. Uh, and they just tell you that right. they can recover, but they really actually don't even have the capability uh, to give it back to you. <laughs> They've just blown you up, and then they're trying to maximize uh, yeah. their yeah. Uh, their benefit in that situation. I, I think that's actually important, though, to remember why uh, ransomware is becoming more and more prevalent, right? Because it's becoming something that can almost be traceless, right? right? Where the payment's not through, like, the use of a credit card or you're not paying an entity with U.S. dollars or or with currency. You're paying with, typically with cryptocurrency. They're requiring yeah. you to pay them in cryptocurrency to a random uh, account and Yep. That is not easy to trace, to, to, or that's not easy it, it's, to trace. It's specifically untraceable. Anonymization is a core attribute of cryptocurrency. So uh, right. absolutely it's untraceable. And that's the whole point. That's actually why some governments are choosing to define crypto, but that's another conversation. Uh, but indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, 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 they are getting into untraceable. But, you know, it's, it's really funny. Well, well, you, you, you can't take, you can't ignore what happens if you don't pay? I, I, just, I was just reading this article in Wired, and it just happened last month, February. I'll just read you a piece of the article. Uh, it said attackers from a Russia-based uh, uh, ransomware group called Black Cat. Uh, they hit a physician practice. It's a regular doctor's office mm -hmm. in Lackawanna County, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, that's part of the Lehigh Valley Network Health Network. So uh, that means that they got access to all sorts of patient information. Uh, they got information on uh, radio oncology treatments so cancer patients, and they demanded, um, you know, to be paid. Well, you know, mm -hmm. the uh, Lackawanna Valley, I'm sorry, the Lehigh Valley Health Network refused to pay. And after a couple of weeks, what did they do? <laughs> exactly what they said they were going to do. Uh, they released all sorts of information. It, it goes on to say, um, our blog is followed by a lot of world media uh, the case will be wildly publicized and will cause significant damage to your business. Uh, that's what they wrote. <laughs> you know, your time is running out. They, they said later, they weren't joking. We're yeah. ready to unleash our full power on you. <laughs> they, they threatened them. So they didn't just do it, <laughs> you know, but guess what? Eventually they did. And the thing is, because we're dealing with oncology, there were photos of patients from various angles and position. So just imagine that uh, you're a cancer patient getting treatment for breast cancer. Part of the screening is to look to see if there's some malformation, some evidence of growth. And, and they'll use photos to do this. It's in the system. So not only is the embarrassing truth that you're a cancer patient, now public knowledge, not only your uh, social security number and, and, and other personally identifiable information out there, but no, now there's even new pictures of you on the internet, mm -hmm. all because of well, a ransomware they, attack that didn't pay You know the attacker. And Think of the impact on the consumers and their attitudes toward utilizing that service in the future for the patients, exactly. right? Exactly. I wouldn't want to use that hospital again, knowing that my, anything that happens that should be private is going to potentially be exposed. Yeah. That's reputational risk is incentive. huge. That's yeah. why the incentive for a lot of organizations, especially hospitals, is there to just pay off, pay them off, pay off the ransomware yeah. uh, groups, uh, give them whatever they want. 
and we'll get our info back. And you know, we'll go to the authorities afterwards. Like this is like something that's really important to remember is that just because it's on the internet doesn't mean that there's not mechanisms in place in, you know, especially in the U S for reporting those types of things. But right. oftentimes ransomware attacks are underreported. Why? Yes. Because it's really damaging to the reputation of the organization. If they release the information and say, Hey, we were the victim of a ransomware attack. And yes, we paid these, you know, this ransomware group, you know, however many millions of dollars to get access to uh, our information. It's twofold. One, it damages your reputation because your customers, your patients don't necessarily want to come back and give you more information that they, they, that they know somebody else has access to. But two, you're also putting it out there that, hey, this is working. Ransomware actually works. We are target yeah. number one now because we'll pay for it. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a problem. Honestly, that is why it's a catch-22, you know, because you think about it. There are certain crimes that have a very, very, very strong um, um, commitment. I mean, I guess some criminals have a a very strong commitment to certain types of crime uh, because they work. It works very, very effectively. I mean, uh, for a while, and I think it's still the case, but for a while in uh, South America, Mexico, a few other places, Kidnapping was literally the one of the number one businesses right. of organized crime because people would actually take out uh, um, ransom insurance, you know, kidnapping insurance, that sort of thing. Uh, and it was just becoming a business. You know, you, you snatch them off one off the street, street um, you send the ransom note, uh, you get paid, you know, you, you drop the person at some random corner and they come back and it just becomes a, a a merry-go-round of criminal activity because it works. Uh, drug yeah. dealing, you know, people buy drugs, they want drugs. So selling drugs mm -hmm. works. You know, there's certain types of crimes that just have a very high success rate because they work. Unfortunately, ransomware fits perfectly into that category, you know, right? Because it works. It's a catch-22. If you don't pay them, uh, what was already a bad breach becomes worse. If you do mm -hmm. pay them, you encourage uh, the criminal enterprise to carry on. Uh, so with good reason, ransomware makes the headlines over and over again, because it's not just, you know, leaking information, exfiltration, you know, snooping, uh, that sort of thing. It's actually deeply personal and very effective. Yeah. And, and while the discussion around whether or not to pay to get data back that is personal in nature or private in nature, you know, health related is something I think, you know, I don't know that there is a right answer. That is something I think that every, whoever is the victim has to make that decision themselves. But there is yeah. an instance that we should talk about where we've seen it paid to, you know, we've seen organizations pay ransomware groups to get functionality back to their systems. Right. And we're talking really about, you know, the colonial pipeline attack that happened in 2021. And right. for those of you who were living under a rock at the time or don't remember, you know, us here on the East Coast, we had a massive run on gas right back in, I think it was May 2021. And that was because a ransomware group hacked into uh, the colonial pipeline 
and was able to stop the the actual production of oil. They ended up paying something like four point four billion dollars in, mm-hmm. in to to these people to these attackers. It was insane. Uh, they ended yeah. up paying the ransom so they can get it back. And honestly, the one reason that we know that it happened is because it's critical infrastructure. And there's right. reporting mechanisms in there to, that they have to report to the government, obviously, when something like this happens. Yeah. By law. And so when you get to the when you get to the point where people are now, you know, there's two, three hour long lines at gas stations because people are afraid there's no longer going to be gas anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Yeah, the, the ransomware group is one, right? The attackers won because <laughs> they caused the, the chaos, problem. confusion. You know. And on top of that, they got paid. And this is yeah. conflating exactly this right. issue. Conflating this issue is, is you know, the, the inclusion of, like, nation-state actors in these right. certain ransomware groups, which is becoming even more prevalent now. Um, yeah. specifically, you know, that, that, that colonial pipeline attack was from a group known as dark side and they're primarily in guess where Russia, right? And so a lot of these groups are tied to APTs, which we've talked about in the past. They're tied to nation state backers and their sole job is not just to, you know, so chaos, but is to get a lot of money. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, in this case, yeah, very successfully. And, and and the thing is, th- these groups are multiplying. You know, uh, I just saw another article uh, just the other day about a group, uh, a ransomware gang called Medusa. And, and they're just propagating yeah, yeah. all over. I mean, look, look, look mm-hmm. at what they uh, reported on this. Uh, it said a ransomware operation known as Medusa has begun to pick up steam in 2023, targeting corporate victims worldwide with million dollar ransom demands. Medusa operations started in June 2021 and had relatively low activity with a few victims. However, this year, the ransomware gang increased activity and launched a Medusa blog used to leak data for victims who refused yeah. to pay. So <laughs> not only are, are, are they getting it, they actually have their own channel to distribute what they mm-hmm. steal. It's a Medusa gained media attention this week after they claimed responsibility for an attack on a Minneapolis public school district. So now those permanent records are out. Yeah, they shared wow. video of the stolen data to prove that they wow. had it. Uh, now, now just imagine that. Wow. You know, now now we're talking about double sensitive information. You know, yeah. uh, kids' information, um, information about children, information about their permanent records, information about their families, and probably social security numbers of their parents. You know, all sorts of stuff. And they they'll videotape and say, "Hey, this is real. We really got it." You know, and then they have a blog. Yeah, their, if that, if that happened to me, if that happened to me while I was a student in school, I would have been like, "That's fine. You guys can keep that info. That's I don't need yeah. it. <laughs> you can keep my grades, Satan. That's fine. <laughs> Your personal grades. But, it's crazy. But yeah, but I mean, it does illustrate like, the point. It, yeah, and it's becoming more prevalent. I mean, like somewhere, like in 2020, like we started getting more and more info on how often these these attacks were happening and in 2020 it was something like a 150 percent increase in the occurrence of ransomware attacks and it's not because these ransomware groups are becoming more sophisticated necessarily it's because there are actual you know the ease of conducting a ransomware attack uh, is becoming more normalized now. Like it's yeah, easy and- for them to go on the dark web, buy a 
a software suite that yeah. with a push okay. of a button that can go ahead and conduct an entire ransomware attack on an organi- organization. Yeah, particularly that's, because so many organizations... That's why we're seeing this... Yeah, but particularly because so many organizations have poor cyber hygiene. You know, m- most of these attacks yeah. follow the, the standard vectors that we always talk about. Someone mm-hmm. clicking a link in an email, going to some shady site, you know, using some yeah, free you know, app that seemed to just – a free app that just seemed to do what, what you wanted. And, and guess what? They didn't want any money to do this cool thing. And it may be something that you really use, but if someone sat yeah. down and wrote an app to do something that you want, there's a good chance that there is a malicious intent behind that, that free yeah. application. Not always, yeah, I know but we, a lot of the times. Yeah. We sound like broken record, a broken record. I know this. Yeah. A little bit. Not just on this podcast, but you know, like even when we talk to our customers, we, we always bring up the same stuff and it's because it keeps, it's so effective. It keeps working. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to do a super cut someday of every time we, in the podcast, we bring up phishing emails. You know what I mean? <laughs> like every single time we say that, because yeah. that's one of the number one vectors of attack, especially it, for ransomware, is. is clicking is. on that link in an email from an unknown sender. That yeah. is so effective. It's still yeah. working today. Uh, it it's is. not about these complicated malware attacks or like coming up with a brand new uh, a worm or even a Trojan horse. It's not. It's, it's people just clicking on links. Yeah. No one's developing. Like, a lot of these people yeah. aren't developing these tools themselves. They're buying them off the dark web. They're pushing yeah. out, you know, a phishing campaign. And hey, if they hit, if they send it out to a hundred people, all it takes is the one person to click yeah. on it, and that organization's security is completely compromised. Yeah, I mean, it's all predicated on, on a simple reality. Most firewalls are configured to trust something originating from the inside. Mm-hmm. they're not going to let things come in from the outside, but if it's initiated from the inside, even a very well-designed firewall, we usually let it through. So it's yeah. the user clicking the link that opens you up. You know, it's the user double clicking on some app, opening an attachment, you know, um, plugging a, th- a thumb drive that's been uh, corrupted with malware. Somehow the user, the unwary user is always, uh, well, not always, but almost always uh, the source, because once that user does what they've done, now it's just normal traffic originating from the user going out to the Internet uh, to, to right. some uh, uh, CNC you know, malware device somewhere out there uh, through a connection that was initiated inside from a trusted user. So, yeah, it's it, it still it's everything does. We're a broken record. Yeah. But everything goes back to that uh, because that's the easiest way to infect, to compromise, to attack right. a system. Uh, so it's, it's the easiest way. It's the most common way. And even, uh, you know, large governments, they get hit that way. I mean, uh, South Korea just had a huge breach. And when you really pull it all mm-hmm. back down somewhere, someone didn't follow what they learned in their cyber awareness training. <laughs> it does come back to that cyber training and awareness is, is can it can be a silver bullet in a lot of cases where technology can't. Um, yeah. And we've seen that kind of time and time again, but these ransomware groups know that 
And that's why they use phishing emails. That's why they use social engineering. You know, that, that is why those, uh, those techniques are so prevalent because they work because yeah. they're successful. And, and they and know sometimes that depending it's on, whaling, especially, you know, or yeah, spear right. fishing. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I mean, I, they have I've a specific been, individual they go yeah. after in mind. Yeah. Yeah. I've been just recently, you know, been spearfished a few times and I'm like, wow, these guys are getting pretty good. Now, I'm a professional, so I recognize it immediately. But, you know, they'll use a, a service that mm-hmm. looks looks right. They'll use a return email address that looks right. Mm-hmm. They'll use graphics inside that looks right. You know, uh, in some cases, there are very, very, very subtle clues that it's phishing because uh, of how well yeah. uh, they have framed it. Uh, and, and I'll say, even though you know we are cyber professionals, we're still victims of cyber attacks, like you know, phishing and uh, yeah. social engineering. It happens. It, it, not yeah. only is nobody perfect, but we are just as likely to mistake an email from a known colleague or a friend or or even a business, uh, and click on a link that we're expecting and have it be a a, a, a phishing uh, scam, right? And we can become victims just as easily. And imagine how difficult it is then for the everyday consumer or just the everyday user to do the exact same thing. And we're supposed to have yeah. keen eyes for it. And I, you know, I mean, yeah. look, I haven't clicked on a link in my email in probably 10 years, but <laughs> just because I'm Uber, I'm very paranoid about that stuff. You know, I will go into a, I will open up a new window. I will click, I will type in the link myself if I have to, you know, for a known website, but that's not everybody. And so yeah. general users have a hard time seeing the di- seeing what's real, what's a scam. And that is why this kind of attack is not only becoming, you know, is so easy to pull off, but it's becoming so incredibly prevalent. Yeah, it is. It really is. So let's talk for a minute about tips. What what should we tell the people out prevention. there? Prevention. Let's talk about ransomware attack prevention. <laughs> this is my bread That's and butter, one. man. I love one, this prevention. stuff. Let's talk about it. So I think this is opinion-based, right? Not This isn't like to say this is the number one thing you have to do because the context absolutely dictates. But if your only concern is accessing your data, you don't care if it's out there, if it's like pictures of your kids or your grandkids, or if it's just, you know, you know, the script to the movie you're writing. I, yeah, maybe continually back up your data on a source That's that is not one. the computer that you're using, right? Backups, back up man. Your Backups. Data. Backups are If they steal it, hey, they don't have the only one. If they blow it up, they don't blow exactly. up the only one. Exactly. Redundancy. It's one of the most important and most resilient ways. And that's even true for systems. Uh, Let me just throw that in. Even Mm -hmm. your systems, you know, keeping, you know, a a snapshot of your systems ready to pull from a backup. Now, that's kind of overkill for a lot of uh, uh, regular users. Uh, But there are ways to do it in in a number of uh, operating systems. If you you use the Mac, you know, there's a there's a rollback feature you can you can restore from a previous snapshot of your whole system. Uh, There are other tools that let you do the same thing. that are, are readily available. So it's not just something that, that big organizations want to do. You, you can roll back too. And, and if you get blown up and you roll back, you know, you, using the Apple time machine or, or, or whatever other mechanism, you know, mm-hmm. that can be a way you become resilient uh, just under that first topic of backing things up. Absolutely. Now, of course, not every backing up isn't the only option for a lot of organizations out there that are, 
keen on protecting private data, right? It doesn't matter if you have redundancy, if it's private data, it's still private data that's out there technically in the open. So what are some ways that we can prevent? Yeah. So, so what are some ways we can actually prevent, you know, ransomware attacks in that respect? And that goes back to the basic cyber hygiene stuff that we've talked about time and time again, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Updating antivirus software, making sure that your software is up to date, making sure that your software is patched, right? Not clicking on links in your emails from (laughs) unknown senders, right? That's a big one. Right. And, and doing honestly, stuff like that, it's it's huge. And honestly, there are mechanisms for storing data in in ways uh that make theft, you know, irrelevant. Um right. for instance, uh in addition to encrypting it, obviously that's number one. Uh mm-hmm. there there are ways in their formats that you can break your data down, uh do some sort of uh, e- either anonymization or pseudonymization uh with the information so that the way it's stored, if someone grabs what's stored, there's no meaningful information. So just to illustrate what I'm talking about, right? Uh, Some of the things that that we don't want people to lose is personally identifiable information, things like your social security number, your your, um, birth, birth date, that sort of thing. But here's the trick about that kind of information. It's only personally identifiable when it's in context. A social security number is just nine digits, nine numeric values without context of A, it being a social security number, and then B, it being the social security number for someone. It's just nine digits, doesn't have any meaning, and therefore is not necessarily personally identifiable. The thing is, when you store the social security number right here and the name right next to it, well, then we got a problem. Uh, But there are ways to... Yeah, there are ways through uh, database design and storage uh, uh, techniques where you can completely obscure that information in a way that even if they grab the whole table, you know, they 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 do some sort of SQL injection, you know, because you have a weak web app, uh, and they 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 pull down the entire database. They're pulling down gobbledygook that's mixed from all over the place. They're not actually seeing what is the reality or, or what is the the matched up information. Um, from your, from your, um, you know, that, that, that makes it personally identifiable. So basically you're accepting the fact that you've been breached, but you're making sure that what gets breached doesn't actually do any harm. Uh, now that's not a, not a end all be all approach. That's just part of a layered strategy, a, a defense in depth strategy, uh, for different ways to protect yourself from, uh, exfiltration. Yep. Exactly. And, and let's, let's be honest. This isn't, uh, I don't want to say this is all doom and gloom. We don't need to go, Oh no. You know, just because, you know, ransomware groups are out there. There's a lot of thing mechanisms that are now in place that weren't even a year or two ago that are actually really beneficial and provide, I think a lot of hope for everyday consumers and organizations alike. Right. Nowadays, uh, especially in the U.S., right? The Department of Justice has, uh, they've created the Ransomware and Digital Extortion Task Force, which I think is, yeah. the the fact that we actually have that now is such a benefit because it means that not even the money that you potentially pay to these ransomware groups is untraceable, right? Like in the Colonial Pipeline attack, 
they actually paid $4.4 million in Bitcoin, but they were actually able to get some of that back um, through various mechanisms. And that was largely due um, to the efforts of the DOJ. And so things are getting some of the villains caught some of the villains. They've caught some of the, yeah. Awareness is out there. It's on the rise. Uh, The mechanisms are in place, not only for mandatory reporting for certain entities like critical infrastructure and, and things of that nature, but also there's more, resources out there for the general consumer to engage with. And I think we would be missing the mark completely if we didn't at least uh, mention uh, no more ransom.org. And there I'll I'll put a, put it up on the screen there for everybody. They are a a project out there that that provides not only uh, information and Q and a on what is ransomware and how to, what to do if you are a victim of ransomware, but they actually provide just an insane amount of actual decryption tools. So these are tools that are used to actually decrypt uh, data that has been encrypted through various different attacks. Um, A lot of the known attacks actually have decryption software out there that can be bought on the dark web and nomoransom.org has that on their website. I'm gonna put that in the link of this episode so that if you are the victim, unfortunately, if you are the victim of ransomware, you have a good knowledgeable resource to turn to. Yeah. So, and, and that's a great thing. Think, that's a great thing because you, yeah. you, that's really a great thing because, you know, as we mentioned earlier, most of these guys, most of these cyber criminals aren't the geniuses that created the, uh, mm-hmm. the attack vectors and the attack methodologies. Exactly. They're just buying these tools, grabbing these tools, using secondhand tools. Uh, so there are some geniuses out there who have been able to reverse engineer these tools because they can get the tool too. And once you get the tool right. and you reverse, reverse engineer the tool, you have a way of actually recovering uh, some of the damage that was done. Uh, unless, of course, it's one of those cat out of bag situations. Right. And so, I, I, like I said, it, this is something to take seriously. It's something to pay attention to. If my poor acting did not communicate anything in the beginning of this episode, it's that this is something that is real. It does happen, but it's not uh, the apocalypse. It's not doomsday. It's not the end of the world. If you are the victim of ransomware, you can still get your data back. There's a lot of different mechanisms for that. One of which of course is paying and hoping that you get access back to your stuff, but there are other third-party resources out there that you can go to get access to uh, and, 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 and use to take this power away from some of these ransomware groups. Good policy. And, and like we've said before, don't forget prevention, <laughs> prevention, 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 you know, prevention. an ounce of prevention is worth a yeah. pound of cure. I mean, it's a classic it cliche is. because it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> cyber hygiene, everybody, cyber hygiene, cyber hygiene. Yeah. It, it cannot state that enough. Yeah. Good job. All right. Well, I, I, I think that's, I think that's what, that, that's where we're going to cut it today. So if you like this episode, make sure you hit that like button. If you're not subscribed, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're subscribed by clicking on the subscribe down below. If you had any comments, if you thought we got something wrong, or if you have any more resources that are out there for victims of ransomware, make sure you hit that in the comments down below. Uh, If you want to know more about APTs, uh, encryption, make sure to go and look through our videos in the YouTube channel uh, because we have stuff covering all of that. I think we're at something like 
90 plus videos, Mike? Like we've we've really? put a lot out. Oh, wow. last oh yeah, year, yeah. So. Now now that we're doing the shorts and stuff, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, wow. yeah, man. So, so there's plenty for you guys to watch out there. Yeah, take take a look at it. There's a wealth of resources out there, and of course, you can catch a brand new episode of the Cyber Guys podcast every Wednesday on every major podcasting platform and on YouTube.com if you want to see our beautiful faces. And don't forget, stay safe, be secure, be sure. We'll see you next time. Take care.